Peter, how you doing tonight? I'm good, man. It's been a while since we uh, podcasted. I mean, we've seen each other in person, but uh, it's been a while since we've done the video chat. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Um, you've you've said some things on the pulpit that I felt like Uh-oh. we should address. <laughs> that I felt that we should address um, because uh, they kind of deal with social media. Um, the first thing is uh, you this past Sunday you mentioned that you want us to bring physical Bibles to church. And this wasn't a suggestion. I think it was it was pretty much a strong exhortation. I don't think you commanded us, but you, you pretty much said, hey, you expect us to bring our physical Bibles. Is that true? Yeah, I, th- I, I think I'm just trying to, you know, uh, help out the, the parents. Uh, what happened was that this started with youth ministry. You know, our youth service just reopened in the beginning of October. Uh, coming back from the pandemic, we've been open, but the youth has been with us. Um, and the first week of youth, youth service, what, I, what the pastors were told was that it was really challenging. The kids had been gone for so long that they were just glued to their phones. And so uh, the following week, uh, Pastor Kevin and Pastor Terrence uh, got up uh, in front of the youth and, and asked them, hey, you know, explain some things and talked about how uh, this is a time of worship to give their attention. And so let's eliminate distractions. And then they asked them all to power down their phones. And so far, I think that's been good. But of course, all, all of us pastors, we we said, hey, that's great. But the reality is that um, their parents are probably <laughs> on their phones all the time as well. So uh, it may not be reinforced at home. So now every single time the youth join us in, in service, it's not so much a command, um, but you know, it's a way to invite, invite the parents through reminder uh, and through speaking to their kids. And a lot of parents hearing that, including people like myself, would be like, yeah, you know, I need to apply that too. But, but for me, being, you know, being at this church for, for long enough and, and, and having the, um, the most relationships with the, with the people in the flock, I, 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 did, I did call for people to say, hey, if we're going to have the kids, we're going to have the youth uh, do this, then uh, let's, practice, let's practice how to power down our phones as well or put them on silent. And I know there's some exceptions. I know that parents, um, you know, some parents might need to keep their their phone on in case the nursery has to call them for emergency. I know that some people need to be on call, uh, but I, but at the end of the day, um, I know a lot of it is people just don't want to carry a paper Bible, you know, um, around. But it just allows us to focus rather than be distracted, and there, and the temptations are 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 eliminated. I, I would say. I mean, you can still wander around, but give it a few weeks. Um, and your wandering mind will eventually learn to zone in and focus. Yeah. Mm. So here at FCBC Walnut, uh, you, you're, these these things don't really come from you know out of, out of the air. They come from a personal place. I think from you as our pastor, you know us, and we know you as your congregation. And in a previous sermon, you sort of mentioned how you haven't been. Uh, feeling present with your kids or with your family um, due to being on your phone, just scrolling through social media. Is this, does this have anything to do with why you felt this way? Yeah, you know, absolutely. And so, so even if you heard the sermon, I was, you know, my, my, my uh, technique, it's not a technique really, it comes from my heart is I, I feel better if I'm, if I'm honestly not lying, but honestly shooting myself and then I can just, you know, um, confront or gently urge or exhort the congregation 
And so even as I was talking about parents, you know, I, I use one illustration where, you know, parents at a, at a kid's basketball game, if you look at the parents, some of them are very engaged and yelling at the ref or yelling at their kids, but a lot of parents are just on their phone and, and, um, you know, you could, you could see one of your kids make a basketball shot, they look over and maybe they see mom and dad distracted looking down on, on the phone. Um, and and I, I looked at that, I said, well, you know what, I, I'm, I'm the same way. So I totally understand. And what I found was that, you know, if my kids are just playing or if they're, if I have them doing something, you know, um, or even if, if, if we're watching something on television, you know, I'll, I'll be looking at my phone, I'll be looking at email, looking at messages, um, looking at social media feeds in terms of articles and, and things that I want to read. Uh, and I just wasn't present, you know, but, but even when the kids are down and, and now it's free time, you know, the first thing I might do is grab my phone and once again, check the email, check the messages, check uh, the social media feeds to see if there's anything interesting. Um, I don't, you know, I don't post too much. I did it during pandemic, but I don't use social media per se in, in the sense of putting posting or anything. So for me, it's, it's more just a, a, an information feed, but, but one thing leads to another where, you know, if you follow the Lakers, you're going to get a certain player and then you're going to click on something and then it's going to be like, oh, him and his girlfriend. And it's just, um, <laughs> and then after a while, you're like, man, this is a waste of time. So I, I think one of the, one of my goals was to be more present rather than uh, absent with people in my life, you know? So I think that's, that was a conviction for me that I was, I was beholding my phone and I was becoming my phone in that sense. <laughs> um, I want to ask you though, where did that conviction come from? Like, were you, you know, were your kids doing something and then all of a sudden you just felt like, man, I, I, what am I doing? Like, how did, how did that come about? Because, you know, mm -hmm. I, I know what it's like now, you know, to be, to be a parent right, right. and it's, it's hard, you know, when you're doing with your kids and everybody's going crazy, sometimes you just want to, you know, take a break. So I, yeah, I really, I want to know how did this conviction come about where it was so intense, where you actually said, I need to do something about this. There needs to be a change. I think there's a lot of combinations. So, so the first, the most convicting is, is with my kids. Um, so with our, with our daughter, who's uh, almost four years old, um, I think early on, she always saw us with our phones. And obviously we need to use our phones for certain things. So she always wanted our phone. She knows how to use a phone. She knows how to navigate through, look for pictures and, and things like that, watch video. Um, and so we gave her, or I gave her an old phone, a dead phone, an old mm -hmm. 2008 phone that was laying around um, mm -hmm. early, early smartphone at HTC. And, you know, so even though there's no power, there's no picture, uh, it's just this black screen. She starts scrolling around and I don't know why it didn't get me early, but I think a year or two, a year passed and she was still doing that. And so I saw that. And, um, and then she, when we eat dinner, she would put it down. She's like, no, I need it. I need to put it down next to my plate. You know, even if we say, Hey, no phones, phones around, like she would, because probably she's seen us do that to eat there and scroll through our phones. And then my son, who's um, a year and a half, right? He, he wants a phone and he, so we don't give him anything. So he'll find anything. He, he finds this little um, thermometer that's digital and he'll, he'll just press it because it's squared like, like it's a phone and he'll do this like he's texting. And so I think that was really convicting that, wow, you know, our, obviously they learned that from us. Um, so I, I better get a hold on that, but I can't just tell them I need to practice what I preach. I mm. think the second thing was a combination of just um, 
just ministry wise, I was becoming anxious, you know, so, so I know the biblical, uh, I know what the Bible says about anxiety. And, and, and I know during 2020, there was a lot of anxiety, but I, I think it finally caught up to me that, um, that there was just too much information, you know, too many opinions, messages coming in. But when you look at Facebook, I realized, man, what was what was crazy is that there's good articles. There's a lot of articles like like Gospel Coalition article here. This pastor leader writes this. This person says you need to consider this, you know, and uh, different opinions, whether they're they're political or uh, coming back from the pandemic or social issues or ecclesiology. And it, it's almost it, it's almost like I, I found I found myself just messaging or slacking our, our team and be like, hey, do we need to do this? Do I need to preach on this? Do we need to preach on this? Do we need to do this? And in many ways, I, I lacked um, silence and solitude. I lacked just a deep prayer life of listening to God. And so in many ways, what I don't know if it's the algorithms, but I felt very, I wanted to be in control of my phone or my devices. I wanted to be like college where you know, I would actually go on the internet and I would search for something. So if I really wanted to look for an article on a certain theological topic, or if I wanted some news, I would go get it. And I would type in the source and I would search for it and read it. And I would be able to choose when I want to do it. So, um, so I'm not demonizing technology or I'm not telling you to, you know, or I'm not saying we shouldn't, we should get rid of all social media. I have Facebook and, 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 uh, and Instagram still and, and other platforms that I don't really use, but um, I choose now when I want to go look at it. So there's a certain time where I'll go on, look at it really quick, see if I need to reply to anything, and then I'll shut it off, you know? Yeah. So that, so that the device becomes a tool uh, to pursue what I value rather than becoming, you know, transforming me, I guess. <laughs> uh, you did give a little, you know, like a good tip there, and that's we should use it, you know, when we want to. Basically, we shouldn't just be mindlessly scrolling through um i mean how are you doing with um being more present is that is that like one of the biggest things that you're using with your kids to practice yeah yeah i i have and and so what i try to do is that um i i took facebook and instagram just off my phone so that i wouldn't even be tempted to, to click on it if i was bored so if i pick up my phone there's you know everything that i use is is uh, you know uh cal newport in his book digital minimalism he talks about some of this, but basically if it's for work, I need it. So I have, I have, I have messenger on there still because we have some work communication as well as there's people that, that I, I talk on in there. I have Slack on there and I have all my email on there, but, but to control myself, I'll put it away. I'll just, uh, the only thing that's going to shoot a notification to the front of my phone is a text message or actually the phone call, like the phone will ring. And that's, mm-hmm. that's when I know, okay, it might be an emergency. I might have to pick it up, but I'll try to keep it away from me um, and not even in my pocket. But there, again, there are certain times where I'll go either on the computer or something like that. And, and if I'm going to use social media, I'm only going to use it for work. Right. But I'm not a social media guy, but if I was working in social media, I would probably not be doing work on my phone. I, I, your social media guy, use your computer, right? I mean, use your computer, multiple platforms. Yeah. You might have multiple people if you're, do, and, um, but at the end of the day, like uh, imagine, like I write sermons, uh, imagine if we're out to dinner or, or you're hanging out at my house and I pull out my phone and start writing my sermon. Like that, that's, so, so I think, yeah, there's a place for people who really need to use social media for business and for me like I think the only reason I would need it is just for work 
you know, if yeah. we have another pandemic, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, that's, that, that's how it is. So I, I think it's gotten better. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, so my phone is not completely a dumb phone, but close. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do do social media on my phone. Um, but yeah, mostly the planning is on my computer. Uh, I think that's a really good way to look at it, actually, is that you use social media, like, during social hours, right? Like you're, you're very specific on, okay, I'm going to use it for this amount of time uh, during this time. And that's the only time I'm going to be doing things. And then that way your mindset is, okay, well, now that that time frame is up or over, I'm going to focus on this next thing. And, you know, this, it's like how we live our social lives, right? I mean, most of us, um, we're not constantly around people socializing all the time, but with the phone that allows us to do that. And I don't think that's necessarily healthy, right? We want to build up rhythms where we're able to find solitude, um, especially when it comes to being present with our families, but also spending time with God. We need to find mm. that quiet time. Um, you know, though, that uh, I guess the way social media works or even just phones or even entertainment things, how mm, I guess um, anybody who's trying to sell you things, you know how it's addicting and you know what they're trying to do. Wasn't your major in marketing before you became a pastor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, in college, I was, uh, I, my major was communications and public relations and advertising. Okay. <laughs> so, and I had to take marketing classes. I was going to be a marketing major, but once I felt called to ministry, I, I started taking all these Bible classes, but um, it, it was easier to transition whatever I had, whatever classes I had taken towards a PR degree rather than a marketing class. But yes, so I know exactly what they're doing. I, I know that they're, you become the product, you know, I mean, these, these social media platforms are free, but they're basically trying to sell you addiction. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's value in social media. People need it for business. I mean, that's why it, it works for many people who platform themselves for the sake of business. But at the end of the day, uh, social media thrives because of addiction. Yeah. And you actually mentioned this earlier in our conversation that we become what we behold, or mm -hmm. as JK Beale puts it, we become what we worship. Um, mm -hmm. You want to explain that concept a little bit to us? <laughs> You could probably explain it better than me uh, <laughs> as a worship leader and uh, all this, uh, but but essentially when you when you look through, I mean, right now we're preaching through the Gospel of John. So over and over again, John wants you to behold Jesus, behold his miracles, behold him. And the more you behold him through the power of the Spirit, he transforms you, right? So that you become like him. Uh, but that's true of anything. I mean, if you give your attention to something and you constantly behold it, it's going to influence you. It's going to impact you. It's going to shape you. And I think our phones, for example, if every, if our entire lives are on our phones and if the notifications are coming in, you, you know, you need it for maps and those are good things. Otherwise, you can't even travel anywhere. You need the calendar. You need the weather app. You need, uh, and then and then if if you're if you're somehow addicted to your social media where you depend on it either for your own image or your own affirmation or information. Uh, if everything is in this little phone, then eventually that becomes your life. Your entire life is literally on your phone. You leave it at home, you leave, you, you panic, you feel naked, you don't know what to do with yourself. But just, but at that point, your phone has mastered you. It's no longer a tool, you're the tool at the service of mm. your phone. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, you said a lot of deep stuff right there. Um, I think that there's there's one thing though that that I really picked up on, and that is um, that when we um, when when we're using our phones, it's it's not necessarily that we're the one doing it, but it's using us, and it's taking our data and it's 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 knowing who we are it's it's checking on the things that we like to see and what we search for it's really looking inside our hearts and our phone becomes a mirror to us and uh, we constantly become what we're observing through the phone one i guess tip that i i want to say that comes from that is that we can actually curate our feeds or what mm. we allow ourselves to view on our phone. Like if you're on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you can tell it, Hey, I don't want to see this now. Sometimes, mm. you know, it's not always going to follow that, but you do have some control over a certain extent about who you allow yourself to follow and who you interact with. So there is a sense of personal curation there where you do need to take some responsibility in terms of, hey, maybe I shouldn't be looking at this. This isn't necessarily edifying or it's not, you know, it's 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 not good for me, period. You know, like you need to have some self-awareness and self-control over that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so. But what I found is even, even when you curate it, it's still going to send you stuff that can cause you to stumble. So like I gave mm. you the funny example, but for example, I, I follow NBA. So I follow LeBron James, I follow the Lakers. Um, and so during the NBA finals, you know, you click on something, you read about Devin Booker, you're going to get Kendall Jenner. You know, I don't want to see those photos. <laughs> you know? So I mean, at the end of the day, that, that's how it is. And, and sometimes too, you can find yourself. So, so if, if we ever complain like, Hey, I don't have enough time to do this or do that, or to get all my stuff done. Um, well, how much time do we spend on social media? Because at, 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 at some point it's like entertainment where, where I see an article, I know I don't have to read it, but I might, I might get hooked in like, uh, like a photo or I mean I'm sorry a video of Kobe's top 10 plays and I just want to see it again that's not harmful that's not sinful to watch but then we can't complain that we don't have enough time right so so once again it's focus time I think just putting away everything including good notifications like putting everything aside being able to live without our phones um, so that we can focus but yeah I, I do agree with you you can curate and uh, and that's what I do for my news I don't have to have it right away and I think that was a change you know yeah, yeah. Being able to um, put on uh, notifications or actually turning off notifications um, and being able to silence those things that are not urgent. Um, yeah. Like really just is the only one that, that can get through to me if, if it's a real emergency. Um, and so I, I definitely do think that you need to be able to do that. But you're right too, because you could be looking at something that's totally not sinful, um, but then the algorithm or just because it wants to, um, they can feed you um, things that could cause you to stumble. And I just wanna say up front right now, that pornography is a huge deal on the internet. And I'm, you know, it could be anything from, you know, full on, you know, hardcore pornography to even just, just small things that are like, I guess, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say like soft core, but like, you know, things that would just cause you to stumble just because it, it does, you know, and I think that's something that we need to be aware of and just be upfront in saying that it's, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a problem. And I think, I think we are moving toward video. So um, 
again, you know, maybe that's the advertising side and just kind of knowing a little bit is that um, I don't know where Instagram is headed, but I heard somewhere that, you know, people are bored with just photos. So now it's, it's the TikTok videos. Now you, you, you see those on Instagram and these little short clips and these little snippet videos. So mm. that's where we're headed. And, uh, and that's probably what we're gonna, where we're headed in terms of towards pornography too on an on, on open platform. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of uh, mentioned this earlier. And as a congregation here at FCBC Walnut, you said that we need to be able to focus more on God's word. Where do you see the internet affecting us, I guess, in the future, if we can heed this warning of being able to focus? Um, where, where do you see it going in a positive or negative sense? How, how do you want this to play out in our spiritual lives? You mean generally, or, or you're talking about our particular congregation or individuals? Uh, I, I mean, I mean, generally, I mean, generally, um, but you can be specific to FCBC woman, I suppose. Mm. Well, I, I think generally you, you just look at, um, you just look at the data, you look at the research, you look at the surveys that the studies have been done and um, there are, there's different generations of, for example, we just say generation X millennials and Gen Z, and there's a generation that was born where like myself, where we didn't have the internet and then we have the internet, right? Mm -hmm. we, we didn't have smartphones. We just had uh, a phone with a, with an iPod on it basically. And it turned into, you know, what it is today, uh, a full on iPhone. Um, but then you have generations that basically they grew up with social media. Mm. And I, I forget the exact date that that happened, but, but you see that the generation that grew up with social media, meaning ever since they were born, social media has existed, they have way more anxiety. Mm. Now, each and every person is different. And you can't just blame social media. But how much of that has to do with the over information, the, the need to find affirmation, identity to project an identity, all of that, I think there is some effect. So if our if, if our church can can be a a faithful presence of of God's kingdom, where we're able to wisely and winsomely use technology and social media for for missional means or means where it advances the kingdom, uh, but at the same time we have to be set apart. And and I think that that actually is more powerful uh, going forward. You know, when when culture is pushing one way, and and you're able to be less anxious, you're able to be not as hurried, you're able to find peace, you're set apart, you're different, or you're able to be super focused and super productive when you need to be, and then you can play and be present and be with people. I think if we can be the, that type of church with that type of, um, with being those types of disciples uh, of Christ, I think that's actually more attractive than being assimilated into um, you know, where the world is headed in general. So, so I do think mm. our church needs social media. We need to have a presence there. We need to be, um, people are on there. We need to be pushing forward, forward. But I think what I'm talking about with my own struggle is more the limits, the discipline, the, the you know, that something exists and by itself, it's good or it's harmless or it's neutral, but how we utilize it or receive it can be good or bad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I want to talk about this concept of, I guess, uh, being physically present. Um, I'm thinking about Christ and how he, he was physically mm -hmm. present with, with his disciples. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and even for us, we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, right? I, I want to say like physically, but you know, in a spiritual sense, but it, it's, he's here, he's here within us. And um, how, how do you think Jesus would use the internet? Because really, like you said that, you know, people can put their identity or project their identity um, online. And that's not necessarily what we want to be doing. We want to root our identity in Christ and then have that manifest itself in all avenues of life. And so how do you think Jesus would be using the internet uh, today? Well, well, I, I kind of have, we have to work, kind of look at it and, and say, okay, well, what is the internet, right? And what was it back then? So the internet for us today, it could be a marketplace. It could be a, a place for social connection. It could be an information highway. Uh, it could be a means of, of connecting people and communicating. It's all of those things. Um, sure. And, and so all of that existed. Jesus entered into the marketplace. He did ministry. He engaged with people. Jesus used technology. Um, he, in his illustrations, there were lamps, uh, there fishing nets are, you know, <laughs> it's technology of his day. Um, and so Jesus, I don't think he would be opposed to technology, but definitely uh, I, I think Jesus, he was a carpenter, he built things. So I, I think Jesus would probably use the internet as an illustration. He'd probably be on there, um, but doing it his own way. Uh, but <laughs> he would use the illustration. The internet is probably a, a, an illustration, just like he uses agriculture or whatever he used to reveal the where our hearts are, our idols, and how we really need him and how everything we're seeking or searching for is really found and fulfilled in him. I know the early church used the Roman roads to spread the gospel. So in in one sense, I I do think the Apostle Paul, if he had access to the internet, he would find some way to utilize it for the sake of distributing the gospel. Later on, um, Bibles were printed and distributed. So that's technology, you know, before the internet. And so I, I do think Jesus himself would probably call out uh, the sinful aspects of the internet, but, um, and, and he would probably call his disciples to what we've been talking about, moderation, spiritual discipline uh, in, regarding technology and the internet, and then what are our motives mm. when we're on the internet? Mm. And Pastor Hanley, I think that's a great place to leave us for today. Um, We can definitely continue this conversation later. And I do plan to follow up with you on your own, (laughs) on your own use of the internet and being present with your family and uh, not letting work take over you too much. Um, Hey, happy pastor's appreciation month. (laughs) We're nearing the end of October and we um, are, we are. (laughs) Yeah. Just want to say thanks for, um, for being being personable, you know, and and showing a little bit of your of your life and even some of your sin struggles, um, and being willing to go on podcast and video and doing these silly talks with me. Thanks a lot. I think our <laughs> congregation appreciates it. Um, but also just everything you do as a pastor. Thank you so much for everything. Well, thank you, Aaron, for everything you do. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hanley. I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. Bye. See you.